This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered, focused, decisive action and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on health and wellness. And my guest is the president of Europharma, Terry Limeron. He's an icon in the natural products industry, being the first to introduce to the market ginkgo biloba, black cohosh, glucosamine sulfate, and many others, as well as botanical standardization. He's received numerous awards in this field. And today we talk about our personal natural power source, our adrenals and our thyroid and what they do for every one of us here on earth, how they can even determine our personality. That's quite interesting. To find out more about Terry and what he does, go to his website, Terry Talks Nutrition. Also, go to Your Pharma USA for more information on his wonderful Terry Naturally products. Fantastic information we can all use. So let's get to it. Good evening, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Very nice to be with you tonight. Well, wonderful. We have a wonderful topic tonight about thyroid health, and I know a lot of my listeners have been asking about this for quite some time, so I'm glad that you're here. What is a thyroid? How does it affect the body? Well, the thyroid is a gland that sits in the base of the throat. It has two lobes, one on each side of the throat, and it has a very tremendous effect on our well-being. In fact, you know, our heart functions, and uh, we probably don't even know it. it. It just goes on by itself, and the liver and all of the other glands and organs function, and uh, we hardly pay attention to it. But the thyroid and even the adrenals make us who we are. It, it creates our personality. Uh, it creates uh, the way that we function in life. It creates how we interact with other people. It, in fact, we even pick out our occupations based on the thyroid and the adrenals. And wow. so they're very important. And the uh, thyroid is like the thermostat. In our home, it sets the temperature, it sets how we function, it sets the metabolic rate. And uh, if, we're not, if we're not comfortable in our home, we go and turn up the thermostat. But uh, we can't always turn up the thyroid, so we're dependent on for nutrients to do that for us. But sometimes those nutrients are missing. Mm. Now, when you're talking about the thyroid and the adrenal setting of thermostat, you're talking about in terms of the functioning of the metabolism and our energy and our response to uh, stress, right? Exactly. In fact, uh, the thermostat in our home sets the temperature. It sets the rate as with, if we were had a very high temperature, we'd perspire. Uh, if we're sitting around in a very cold temperature home, we'd be cold, so we'd be putting on a, a shawl or a wrap or sweaters or a coat. And uh, the body's the same thing. If we're cold... If we have cold hands and cold feet, uh, if our temperature is under normal, uh, many many parts of our body do not function correctly. In fact, women cannot even conceive when they have very low temperature, and that's based on the uh, the thermostat of our body, which is the thyroid. And uh, if we're uh, underactive, if we're inactive, if we just don't feel like we have any energy levels, if we're tired all the time, uh, we don't have a response to what's going on around us, it's because our our thermostat in our body, the thyroid, is not functioning. Can we get the two mixed up in terms of uh, what might be affecting our health between the adrenals and the thyroid? Aren't there symptoms that overlap? Well, if we have a lot of stress in our life, and it can come from anywhere. It can come from uh, relationships. Uh, it can be from marriage. Uh, it can be from financial uh, downfalls. Anything that disrupts our life 
has an effect on our body, particularly the adrenals. So the more stress we have in our life, the more that our adrenals have to respond. In the old days, it was called a fight or flight, that we could either stand there and fight or have enough energy to run away from it. It was like the the energy that we had when we were running after the animal to make the animal our dinner, or we were running away from the animal, animal that would have been his dinner. So if the fight or flight situation of the adrenals, and if the adrenals are stressed over and over and over again, in fact, we'll always have stress in our life. But if that stress is too great sometimes, then we're going to wear out our adrenals or they become insufficient and eventually become disrupted for their activities and they're underactive. And then the thyroid works harder trying to prepare our body to respond to the underactive adrenal. I know there has been, in my reading, I'm studying up on the thyroid and um, how to know whether it's working properly. Um, there's controversy in blood testing for thyroid and I would assume um, uh, adrenal insufficiency. Can you talk about that? Well, you know, I don't think any doctor would ever uh, relate to adrenal insufficiency. There are a lot of symptoms that are associated with underactive adrenals. But by the time an endocrinologist or a physician recognizes that we have adrenal problems, they're looking for some kind of uh, tumor, cancer. They're looking for a disease. They're not looking for one that is stressed out, tired, exhausted, underactive, which gives us a lot of symptoms, but they don't recognize those symptoms as a disease because they have to see it physically, blood test, some kind of a diagnostic measure to determine whether the adrenals are underactive or not or, or diseased. They're not going to say because you're exhausted, because you're tired, because you don't interact with people, because you cry easily, because you have unfounded fears, uh, because you worry all the time, because people bother you. Um, all these symptoms are because we don't have the strength of our adrenals to make us interact with people on a on a very confident level, so we become shy, we become we become under uh, inactive, we become uh, afraid of people, we worry all the time, we make mountains out of molehills, uh, we're sick all the time, especially upper respiratory conditions. We have a lot of allergies, and these are all associated with the adrenals not being able to be as as effective as they should be under normal uh, living conditions. Now, what are low thyroid symptoms? And I want to see how they compare to the adrenals. Well, if we have a low thyroid, we are tired all the time. Also, similar to the adrenals, we have chronic fatigue. Um, we wake up in the morning with puffy face. Uh, we retain a lot of fluid. We have swollen ankles, swollen calves. We wake up with stiffness in the morning. We are very slow movers because we don't feel good unless we have a normal temperature. And people that have um, a underactive thyroid, they have subnormal temperatures, so they're always cold, uh, and they don't have the activities based on the um, thyroid warming up our body, and so they're very, very slow moving in, in the morning. They feel better in the afternoons, but they just can't get going. They're that type of person that says, I just don't want to do anything in the morning. I feel better in the afternoon. Uh, they also are constipated. They have high blood pressure. They have ringing in the ears. Um, they just don't like to... Um, to get going in the morning, they're just that slow and active person. Can blood tests help detect uh, either one of these insufficiencies with adrenals or thyroid? Well, unfortunately, not very easily, and that's one of the problems because doctors use blood chemistry to try to find out what's happening to the thyroid, 
And uh, they don't recognize there's a thyroid disorder or a thyroid deficiency until it's really full-blown, and then they can see it on a blood chemistry. But one of the world's experts, who is now deceased, but Dr. Broder Barnes, who was one of the world's experts on thyroid therapy, said that blood chemistry was not accurate in determining whether the thyroid was working or not, and the temperature of the body was the most accurate. And by taking the body temperature early in the morning and over several days and then averaging it out to get a temperature that would tell us whether it was uh, well-functioning or under-functioning, and uh, that was most accurate by his um, expert estimation. Now, there's uh, also controversy on how to treat uh, the thyroid issues and the adrenals. Can you talk about the history in that and what you know to be successful in treating this? Well, unfortunately, when a doctor does recognize that the thyroid is underactive, the doctor is first going to prescribe some kind of medication, never thinking that the gland requires nutrients. The gland requires magnesium, manganese, selenium, vitamin B2, and all, above all those, iodine and L-tyrosine. We cannot manufacture the hormone of the thyroid, thyroxin, without the combination of iodine and L-tyrosine being present. And the doctor never thinks about saying, well, gee, if your thyroid is not working, maybe you're not just getting enough iodine, so let's see where you might be failing in getting iodine. So they'll prescribe a medication before looking for the mineral, but if you look in any medical textbook, we know that the thyroid cannot function without iodine. This goes back many, many years. In fact, in the 1940s, 60% of all grade school girls had a goiter, and goiters, cysts, and nodules of the thyroid is a primary deficiency of iodine. And most doctors, when they recognize a, a cyst or a nodule or several of those on the thyroid, they might go even as far as saying, well, I don't think even giving you a uh, thyroxin or synthroid is going to work. Let's use radio radioactive iodine and destroy the thyroid. Wow. Wow. Now, iodine was used in medicine quite frequently about 100 years ago. Can you talk a little about that and why uh, people became uh, fearful of using iodine? Well, absolutely, because years ago, 100 years ago, even just before World War II, Iodine was the most common medicine used. Iodine was used for everything. Dr. Zenz Georgi, who was the discoverer of vitamin C and biflavonoids, he said they used uh, iodine for everything because it did everything good. It was antiviral, antibacterial, anti-cancer. Uh, it stimulated the thyroid function. It was very effective for many conditions. In fact, as we learn more about vitamin D and how much we need vitamin D, and vitamin D has to be uh, in the body for every cellular, cellular function, and every cell in the body has a receptor site for, for vitamin D. The same is true for thyroid and for iodine and for every other cell in the body. We have receptor site in every cell in the body for iodine, but particularly those that are very sensitive to thyroid hormones and other hormones as well, such as breast, prostate, ovaries, and uterus. And we need iodine not only for the thyroid, but for all those other tissues as well. And some of the uh, uh, famous uh, alternative physicians today not only are treating the thyroid with iodine, but when they recognize the disorder of the breast, like prostate cancer or breast cancer, or like nodules and cysts of the of the breast or ovaries and uterus, they recommend iodine, and iodine seems to be one of the factors that eliminates cysts, nodules, and even cancer of the breast and prostate. Wow. 
Uh, deficiencies in iodine um, have been indicated in many things that we hear in the news uh, today. Can you talk about that? Well, yeah, we have many kinds of conditions that occur because of the deficiency of, of um, iodine, which um, actually it's important to the thyroid function. But 70% of women today, females, are deficient in iodine and have thyroid underactivity. In men, it's about 50%. We don't have a source of iodine. We don't have it unless we do it as a supplement. We don't have it in our food. We don't have a iodine-rich soil. We don't have a iodine-rich uh, menu for al- almost 95% of Americans. Uh, it's a mineral that's been forgotten. It's a medicine that's been forgotten. And they don't prescribe it for anything anymore today, even uh, such things as, as uh, nodules and cysts and underactivity of the thyroid. Um, I've talked to people when I lecture all across the country, and one lady told me, she said, I went to my doctor, and I had cysts and nodules of the thyroid, and he was very concerned, and, well, should he be? He said, well, we're going to use radio- radioactive iodine. We're going to destroy your thyroid and rid of, get rid of those cysts and nodules. Well, that would have left her without a thyroid function at all. And she said, I did some research. I found out that I could possibly be deficient in iodine. She said, I put myself on an iodine supplement, and uh, 30 days later, I had no cysts, no nodules on my thyroid. Wow. Now, has it been indicated in heart disease and mental illness and MS and other, uh, you know, other types of illnesses? Well, unfortunately, because many children are born with mothers that are very deficient in iodine, it's one of the most common conditions for mental um, handicaps and also for people that have other kind of mental diseases. It's very, very important for mental function. It's very important for our, our heart function as well. In fact, Dr. Broder Barnes wrote a, a book on uh, thyroid therapy called Solve the Riddle of Heart Disease because without iodine, a heart could not, does not function well. And he actually came to the point where he said most heart attacks are caused in people that are very deficient in iodine. Now, I can uh, hear people now listening to this saying, well, aren't we getting enough of the foods we eat? Well, unfortunately, we don't have any food that's high in iodine. Uh, we have a very, it's a very low dosage in, 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 uh, American diet. Uh, the soil is deficient. Around the Great Lakes was called the, the goiter belt because of the deficiency of iodine. And that's what they found in the 1940s that 60% of all grade school girls in Ohio had a, had a goiter. It's very, very, uh, prevalent in America. And now it's a more because we have less iodine than ever. People are eating fast food restaurants and fast food foods across the country and, very deficient in iodine. And iodine was originally put in salt to at least give us some iodine. Now they recommend that we don't eat salt. And then also iodine was used as a dough conditioner. In the 1970s, they replaced the the, the iodine in uh, flour and, and dough as a dough conditioner. And they switched it with bromide, which is a real problem because iodine is one of five halogens. And bromide is one of those halogens, uh, sodium fluoride and chlorine and acidine, and those are four cancer-causing halogens. And in the absence of iodine, those four halogens use the same pathway entering the cell, causing cancer, where if we had enough iodine, we would block the uptake uptake of those halogens, and we would not be able to accumulate those halogens in our body. But because of the lack of iodine, we have a tremendous amount of intake of bromide, chlorine, and fluoride, uh, such as drinking water. We have sodium fluorides in our drinking water. We have chlorine in our drinking water. We have bromides in drugs, in, in uh, brominated vegetable oils that are put into soft drinks. Um, all of our um, 
uh, like hot tubs and, and, and swimming pools are brominated because it's a disinfectant. Uh, we also have many sources of sodium fluoride besides um, water, but that's one of the most common, prominent sources of sodium fluoride. So we're getting all these chemicals, but we're not getting the iodine to block the uptake of these chemicals. So we're getting loaded with halogens that are cancer-causing, but the most important halogen, iodine, which uses the same pathway, is absent, so we have all kinds of disorders from these halogens. Is there any indication in gluten and uh, it hurting the thyroid? I think so, definitely. I think most people, when they give up gluten, they see huge changes. Uh, I've seen this happen in many, many cases that, you know, we don't, we don't digest gluten well. It's a protein that's not digested well by, by humans. And uh, now the wheat that we're eating today is not the same wheat we ate 100 years ago. Uh, most of the corn, grains, and, and wheat particularly are, are disrupted because of the genetically engineered, genetically modified grains. And uh, so it causes a huge problems. And we're finding that mental disorders, even schizophrenia, uh, depression, uh, all these conditions that are associated with um, what we thought was deficiency of nutrients actually is caused by the grains uh, in our intestinal tract. Hmm. Now, how much iodine do we need on a daily basis? Well, that's a good question because it's something very similar to the to the research on vitamin D. We thought vitamin D was sufficient in 400 IU's of vitamin D daily, even 200 IU's daily for children. And, uh, in fact, uh, uh, medical experts, FDA, said that if we got more than 400 units of vitamin D, that we'd have all kinds of complications. Uh, we would have, um, you know, toxicity. We'd accumulate vitamin D. It stays in the body. It's fat-soluble. But after around 30 years of research on vitamin D by two very well-known researchers, Dr. Michael Holick and Dr. Hector Leluca at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, uh, they found that we need more vitamin D than we once thought because if we stood in the sun and and, re, and remove 50% of our clothing and we stood out in the sun for about 20 minutes, we'd make uh, 20,000 units of vitamin D in our body. And every cell in our body has a receptor site for vitamin D. And vitamin D has tremendous amount of, of protection to our body. It's the best thing to block flu uptake for depression, for cardiovascular disease, uh, for cancers. And uh, we know that we need a lot more vitamin D than ever. In fact, the Vitamin D Council in Omaha, Nebraska, recommends that we should have 5,000 units of vitamin D. And many studies were done even with pregnancies that shows we need 5,000 or 6,000 units of vitamin D. And the reason why I just kind of got off the subject on vitamin D is because iodine has taken that same path. Hmm. We once thought that 150 micrograms was sufficient to uh, support the thyroid, but we find that 150 micrograms might keep us from dying, but it's not going to keep us healthy. And researchers now, alternative doctors, have researched the iodine project, and they found that the amount of iodine that cultures around the world get that are much more healthy than we are, the average da daily intake of iodine in Japan and other countries that use high quantities of iodine in their diet by virtues of their diet, they're getting 12.5 milligrams on an average intake. And in some parts of, of um Japan, it's high as 60 milligrams of iodine. And in Okinawa, which has the highest level of, of older people today, uh, they're getting somewhere between 80 and 200 milligrams of iodine on a daily basis. That's amazing. Now, I wanted you to go back and talk about adrenals. Where are the adrenals located? You talked about where the thyroid was well located, the base of the neck. But where are these adrenals? Or do we have more than one? Uh, you know, what do well, they do? 
Well, if we're still lucky, if we're still lucky, we have two. Um, I, I was uh, I was very poorly. Um, uh, in my life, my style of eating when I was a youngster was very, very poor. I, my father was an alcoholic. I was a sugarholic. Um, I had very, very severe hypoglycemia. I burned out my adrenals when I was younger. I, I, I'm five foot six and a half, and I weighed over 250 pounds, and very unhealthy, oh. very severe de- depression. And uh, that's all a case of very weak adrenals, adrenal insufficiency. And, you know, we can actually even be born with only one adrenal. Like some people are born with only one kidney. And the adrenals, we have two. One on top, with Each one sits on the top of a kidney. And uh, they should be about the size of a lima bean and weigh about five grams each. But because we are all different, people could have an adrenal gland that's only the size of a pea or smaller. Uh, we're not all born the same. We're not all equal. Just because we have adrenals or a liver or kidneys or a heart, they're not the exact same shape. They're not the same location. They're not the same weight. They're all different just as much as we look different physically. So they should be there, and hopefully that we all have them, but sometimes we are handicapped because we only may have one or a small one, and then we're going to function based on the relationship of one adrenal versus two or smaller than, than others. And so some people are very, very healthy. Some are very, very strong. They have a tremendous uh, ability to withstand stress. They are physically, mentally, spiritually strong. Uh, and I don't mean that they're they're uh, obnoxious or powerful people. They're just strong people. They, For example, Pastor Joel Osteen, who is the pastor of the church down in Houston, Texas. He's a very outgoing person. He's very, uh, he's very happy. He's very smiley. Nothing seems to fluster him. He's, look at the look at the hair. If you ever seen the man, he's got a huge crop of hair. It's curly and and thick, and that's the adrenals having that effect on the individual because it gives us those characteristics. Uh, people that have very thin hair, very weak hair, uh, or hair that falls out very easily, or they're physically uh, weak. Uh, you know, I've worked out all my life. You can hardly tell the difference if you look at me. Uh, Joel Osteen weighs about 160 pounds, and he bench presses over 350 pounds. That's almost two and a half times his body weight. That's amazing. That's strength. Mm-hmm. That's power. It is. The adrenals provide that. Wait, and, so and when you he, have is pe- he taller than you? Is he taller or are you taller than him? He's, a, he's about, uh, I met him last uh, last uh, May, and he's probably about maybe an inch, an inch and a half taller than I am. Okay. okay. He's a very, very powerful man. And, you know, that's where people pick out the occupation based on their adrenals. If they have very weak adrenals, they don't want to work with people. They become... Uh, they don't like confrontation. They don't like to dialogue. They don't like to argue. They don't like to be confronted with anything. They're the ones that want to go to work, walk into an office, shut the door, work all day, open up the door, and go home. They don't, they don't want to interact with people. People that are great salespeople, they're full of joy, full of happiness, and, and full of good cheer. They walk in, and they're happy. Even if they get rejected, they're not unhappy. They just take it as a grain of salt. It just rolls off their back. But somebody with very weak adrenals, if they're rejected, they cry. They they don't know if they ever can go back into that that office or that store or, or talk to that person again because they said no. How am I going to ever go back and face that person again? But somebody with very strong adrenals, they're going to say, "Wow, I wonder how I can go back in and get my get that sale. I wonder how I can go back in and convince that person." They try to make it a challenge. They try to make something out of it rather than being forced out of it because of the weak adrenals. Hmm. Now, what nutrients support the adrenals? Well, many adrenals. I mean, excuse me, many uh, nutrients support the adrenals. Uh, if we uh, consume vitamin C, vitamin C is water-soluble. It doesn't stay in the body. It's, 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 we intake and we outtake. 
But if we store any vitamin C, any animal that's, that has vitamin C in their body, it's stored in the adrenals temporarily. There's some there. So the adrenals need plenty of vitamin C. It needs some of the B vitamins, like panthenic acid, very, very important for the function of the adrenals. Uh, also, some things like DHEA, which is a hormone, or pregnenolone, which is a hormone. In very, very, very small quantities, those are very, very important for the adrenal function. Also, some herbs are very important for the adrenals, like licorice or romania. These are all very important for it. And then some people actually can even take an extract of adrenal tissue uh, from a healthy animal and consume that because that supports the adrenal function, just like we would take a thyroid extract to support the thyroid. So putting these together like that will actually give some benefit, and also the extra B vitamins always is good for the adrenal glands. The thyroid. Now, um, how many of those nutrients you mentioned help the thyroid, and are there are just totally different ones for the thyroid? There's totally different ones. In fact, the thyroid needs iodine number one. And in order to make thyroxin, then we need L-tyrosine. L-tyrosine is an amino acid. You combine iodine and L-tyrosine, and that produces thyroxin. That's the natural hormone of the thyroid. But if if we want to drive that iodine directly into the cellular tissue and into the thyroid, we might need some synergistic benefits from other nutrients, such as niacin, magnesium, manganese, vitamin B2, selenium. Those five nutrients are very, very important for the function of the thyroid and making sure that the iodine becomes uh, very effective. Uh, many people can have... Um, uh, insulin resistance. That means they make insulin, but the cells are resistant to it. It just is not effective. The doctor says, well, you, you're making insulin, you're not a diabetic, and you're not a type 1 diabetic. Type 1 diabetics do not make insulin. They have to take it by injection. So they are going to be handicapped the rest of their life by having the need to take the insulin. But once they take the insulin, they are they can do everything they, they, anybody else can do. But people that make insulin... They make it every day, but for some reason it seems like they're a diabetic. That's what we call type 2 diabetes. They make insulin, but it's not effective. That's the same as it's true with the iodine. Iodine, people get iodine in the body, but it doesn't seem to make an effect on the thyroid until they get those other five nutrients to boost the iodine activity. You mentioned diet in your your early life. Um, I'm sure we've all indulged in a, you know, the the foods in the middle of the grocery aisle that are man-made instead of a whole foods. What type of diet for the adrenals and the uh, thyroid can uh, can help us along to better health? Well, actually, the the best diet you can do for the for the adrenals is to consume a good protein diet. Uh, we do need about one gram of protein for every gram for every pound of body weight. So some people think, um, you know, high-protein diets are bad for us. They're not bad for us. They're necessary for us. And I don't think anybody um, approaches it closely to the amount of um, protein that we should be getting. Now, when you consider like a 150-pound person, that means they need 150 grams of protein. A lot of people don't even approach that quantity per day. Uh, they need good fats. Fats are very important for the adrenals. Fats are very good for stabilizing the blood sugar level. We need plenty of good quality fats. Uh, also, we need some carbohydrates, but they should come from the natural sources, not refined carbohydrates, not sugars and sweets. They should come from fruits and vegetables and, and um, those kinds of um, natural carbohydrates that are broken down very slowly and release their sugars very slowly so they don't disrupt the blood sugar level. Um, the blood sugar level and, and the hypoglycemia are all associated with very weak adrenals. So we should... Uh, 
watch out for the amount of carbohydrates that we take in and, and the sugars. Now you mentioned fruits and vegetables. I have read that certain types of vegetables are, are and fruits may not be great for the thyroid. Is that true? Well, there are, there are some I would avoid. I certainly would not eat uh, soy foods. Uh, you would not take large quantities of some of the, uh, like broccoli and cauliflower and, and those types. But uh, the one that is, is the most harmful for the thyroid is soy. So I don't like people using large quantities of soy proteins. I think if you're going to use a powder protein, whey is the best, or egg white. Uh, those are good proteins like to substitute for meals when you can't get them or you want to make a, a smoothie or a protein drink in the morning if you're if you're rushed to get out of, out of the house and down to the office. Um, so we need some proteins, and eggs are good and, and good quality meats, and uh, all those other good proteins are good for us in order to stabilize the blood sugar level. When I was younger, my diet was all carbohydrates, all sugar, all junk foods, uh, a lot of soft drinks, and I didn't know fruits and vegetables were foreign to me. I didn't know what they were um, until I was wake. You know, one day I was I I had somebody wake me up and say, "This is the way to change your life and and make a difference." And it happened many years ago. It's a long story, but it changed my life, and that's why I got into helping other people change their lives. Wonderful. Now you mentioned soft drinks. I can't imagine the chemical, uh, even in diet soft drinks, that could help anybody's hormones. Can you talk about that? Oh, boy, that's a real subject because the average intake of uh, soft drinks is 64 gallons per year per individual. Um, I'm sure you and I don't drink any soft drinks, so somebody else is drinking our soft drinks. So they may be up to 70, 75, 80 gallons of soft drinks a year. And it's everywhere. I I, I travel uh, worldwide, and I'm in restaurant. I'm in restaurants and, and airports every morning to some place. And I see people. The first thing they do is they're early in the morning for breakfast, um, six o'clock in the morning. Their drink is a diet coke or some form of of uh, a soft drink, and that's their beverage, along with maybe a, a sweet roll or a muffin or what they think is healthy now is uh, maybe a, a bran muffin, but they don't realize that bran muffin is loaded with about 45 grams of, of hydrogenated fats and or some other um, fats that are not good for us, uh, plus refined flour and, and sugar. And it sounds healthy. I'll have that bran, bran muffin or I'll have that banana cake. You know, I see people going through through coffee shops and their, their morning is a soft drink or a cup of coffee and, and a Danish or some kind of a, a sweet bread. They, there's no protein. There's no... Um, quality uh, fruits and vegetables and, and things that really should start us off with. And, you know, you can find on airplanes if they serve a breakfast, what is it? It's going to be a cold cereal and it's going to be some sweetened yogurt with a bunch of jam in the bottom of it and a, a, a crescent roll or, or maybe some other kind of uh, Danish and then maybe a little bit of a fruit, but it's all carbohydrates. America is, is carboholic. Um, it's, uh, it's what we eat for our, our, our meals. Well, we, people think that this gives the energy, but it also makes you crash faster, doesn't it? Oh, gosh, yes, because, you know, once your blood sugar level goes up, once you have a certain amount of sugar in it, uh, the the body has to respond, insulin has to be released, and this takes the sugar out of the bloodstream. But when you do this over and over and over again, uh, the blood sugar level is going to drop lower, it crashes, and then you have all kinds of uh, problems, and then you have low blood sugar instead of high blood sugar. Now, you're mentioning blood sugar, and um, that has a lot to do with energy, too. Now, the blood sugar levels that rise and fall, can that 
affect the adrenals and the thyroid. I want people to see oh. the connection here. Oh, absolutely. It, it affects mostly the adrenals. Uh, when people in that blood sugar level drops, the adrenals try to respond. But then after a long time of this going over and over again and happening every day, and it, uh, eventually the, the adrenals just, they just wear out. They're exhausted. Um, you know, doctors don't look at, they look at disease. They don't think that a, a gland can be exhausted or you can have a gland underactive. It's there. It's not disease, but it's not functioning at its optimal level. And that's when we have all these, all these crises when, you know, when people blow up for no reason or, or they, they, they reach out angrily or, or they yell or scream or, you know, they, they, they're responding because, uh, the blood sugar levels dropped. They're, they're, uh, obnoxious. They're, they're angry. They're belligerent. They're unhappy. Um, they cry easily. They, they're the one that strikes, strikes out in anger. They're, they're unhappy. It's all based on the adrenals and, and if the diet is not helping to shore up the adrenal function, they're going to be even more unhappy. Where can our listeners find doctors that can uh, realistically, on a natural basis like you do, uh, address these issues? Well, I can't give you any names off the top of my head, but, you know, look out, look for an alternative physician. Look for one that uses natural supplements, one that will listen to you. Look, look at the symptoms rather than just taking blood chemistry and saying, Oh, it's okay. Your blood chemistry is normal. Not even listening to what the patient has to say. What? Why are they crying out for for help? But you, because your blood chemistry is normal at this point, there's nothing I can do for you because they don't want to go beyond the blood chemistry. Because if I get in trouble, then I can say, "Oh, I did my job. Here's the test. It was normal." And even though even though the person is un, is unhappy and unhealthy and and uh, has all kinds of complications, but we need to look for doctors like that, and they're they're coming more frequently now. And and I'm sure if you call some of the you know, call the Homeopathic Association or call some of the Alternative Associations or, um, you know, call maybe health food stores. Health food stores have connections with doctors in their areas that are alternative physicians. And ask them, do you know a doctor in the area that, that treats holistically, that will, that will listen to me, that, that will treat with vitamins and minerals, that will treat with herbs and uh, be more natural approach to it? This is great information. If people want to be in touch to find out more information about uh, not only uh, adrenals and thyroid, but other things you do, where do we find you? Well, I have a very good website called TerryTalkNutrition.com, and I have uh, information on diet, exercise, uh, vitamins and minerals. I, I have a newsletter that I, I write every week that I send out on Friday on the Internet. If they want to subscribe to my newsletter, they can go in and... Uh, there are uh, probably 200 to 300 different articles that I've written. And if they want to just search, for example, thyroid or adrenals or iodine or chronic fatigue and adrenals, uh, if they search that, they'll come up with articles they can read. They can take an adrenal test, a thyroid test. Uh, they can also see what the symptoms are associated with thyroid and adrenal. And uh, also I do a radio show every Sunday, and uh, they can listen live. Or they can listen on demand. They can go listen to all the other shows that I've already uh, recorded and, and now are archived on the show. Uh, they can also go to my website. In fact, tomorrow I'm doing a webinar on sugar and its toxicity. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. It's really my pleasure to be with you. Thank you.